0: so much for those words to be our words. We want so much for that to be our song. Father, as we come together this morning, we think about, and I think about, Father, the different paths that you brought each one of us here to this place this morning. Pain has brought us here. Uh, Questions, confusion. Really, Lord, your your Spirit has been wooing us and speaking to us and drawing us. And so, Lord, this morning we come with great confidence that we didn't bring ourselves here. We haven't gotten to where we are. We wouldn't be the slightest bit receptive to this, the things we're talking about this morning, had you not already gone and started a, a deeper work in our hearts. And so, Lord, this morning, we just, we're just we just asking you, we just release your kingdom among us this morning, Lord. We just reject fear of the light. We just rejected us absolutely, um, absolutely from the kingdom of darkness. We'll not have it. We're not afraid of you. We're not afraid of the light. We're not afraid of one another this morning. Yet. Lord, we want to draw near to you, knowing you see every person in this room. And you see you know what brought us here and you're smiling this morning because you're thinking about all the good things you're planning and all the surprises, Lord that we couldn't even imagine. So Lord this morning, we just want to put ourselves in your hand and we just want to we just want to thank you for the freedom that's ours as your children this morning. Holy Spirit come. And be among us. And you are the helper. And we're absolutely confident in your ability and your power this morning to overcome what we cannot do ourselves, Lord. What we have tried to do and we can't do. But we welcome you this morning. We welcome you. And we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So John Townsend went home for a holiday and uh, his his um, niece takes him aside. Imagine having Henry or John as your uncle or relative, like wow. getting him in the kitchen. And, you know. wow. and so takes John aside and says, uh, I need to talk, Uncle John. We need to talk, uh, Melissa. And he says, oh, yeah, 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 Melissa, what's going on? She says, oh, you know, my boyfriend broke up with me. I'm heartbroken. I lost my job and <coughs> I don't even really think... I'm not sure where I am with God at all anymore. I'm just not even sure about him. Either. So John's like, "Wow, you know, that's, that's a tough place to be, Melissa." And really, to watch these guys—I told you—we went to a conference with them, and uh, they had people, you know, come up and talk and share things. And I just was amazed at watching their faces, um, how how much these guys, how empathetic these guys are. It's just amazing. You know, it's not an act. You know, it's it's real. Amazing man. And um so he said, Well, Melissa, you know you know, well listen, you know, are you have anybody to talk to? I mean, like, what's going on? You need some support. This is really you're at a tough place. She said, Well, you know, he said, Do you talk to Dad? Yeah, I can talk to Dad, she said. Do you talk to mom? Now, Mom is John's sister. So, uh, can you talk to Mom? Oh, she goes like oh. Talk to her. She said, this is what she says to me all the time. Melissa, you're pretty, you're a Christian, and you're smart. It'll all work out.
1: <laughs>
0: so, In fact, Melissa told John that's what she said. Uh, yeah, that's right, because I'm going to talk to his sister later. And she, she admitted that's exactly what happened. So he said, yeah, that's what she said, huh? Well, yeah, well I'll, you know, I'll talk to my sister later, you know? And so he gets his sister aside later, and he says, Going on with Melissa, she's at a tough place, huh? And she says, Yeah, yeah, I know, but you know, she won't let me. She won't let me tell her anything, you know. I keep telling her. John said, Yeah, I know what you keep telling her. <laughs> you're pretty, you're smart, and you're a Christian. And she said, Yeah, that's exactly what. Hey, listen, I would she just let me give her advice? I mean, I could really help her. And this is how John described it. He said, You know what that's like? I forget. Lynn, I think her name was. He said, Lynn, let me tell you what that's like. It's like Melissa has fallen down a 40-foot hole, and she is in the dark, and she is alone, and she is frightened, and she is confused, and you're bending over the pit, and it's all sunny where you are, the birds flying, the sun's out, and you're saying, Melissa, you're pretty, <laughs> you're <thorn>, smart, <laughs> and you're a Christian. And he said, well, yeah, that's, he said, that's, he said, now the difference is, you're shouting down to the pit, but Mark or wherever the husband's saying, he's jumping in the pit, he's jumping in the pit. And in the pit, he's saying, wow, it's dark here. Wow, it's scary. It's confusing down here, but I want you to know I'm going to stay with you in this pit and I'm going to hold you and we're going to stay together until we both get out of this together. And I thought it was a great illustration yeah. of just what you're saying. I mean, you can't tell someone here. And, oh, and then he said he called them a few months later and sa- asked how they were doing and they were really doing so much better because he said my sister really got it. and. Well, think about it. Do you want somebody just telling you, you know, everything that's... I mean, you can't really... You've got to earn the right, don't you, to talk into somebody's life? You've got to earn the right to to be... to to have your voice heard. So, yeah, I agree, Linda, that grace has to come before truth. And we we want to... Listen, remember, one of the things I keep saying is I hope that everybody in this room is a pioneer because I would like to radically change the culture of this church. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like this material to revolutionize everything about us, who we are. And so certainly if that's true, we want, we want such an atmosphere of grace and truth. Grace first, grace first. Um, you, if you were here Sunday, you heard me say, I'm just, up, I'm newly impacted by how adversarial our relationships are. We're starting with God, with other people, and ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we live in this constant climate. And, you know, we think it's all us until we start to, you know, talk like this and we realize that we're all in the same pot together. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, you're going to hear me say a lot, uh, you know, we have no idea how deep the fall was and how far we have fallen. From where God created us to be, and how it affects everything, everything in our lives. You'll never know more of God without knowing yourself. They they have to be together. You have to know, you have to know God <coughs> in the same way you know yourself. Um, just knowing the Bible. You know, somebody said the other day. Uh, this isn't a criticism to Catholics. It's just a comment that you know, um, the way Catholics revere Mary. Um, and put her on a, you know, on, a, on a level with Christ the Protestants do it with the Bible and what's wonderful is yes we know I, I know how powerful the word is and I can hear the silence in the room and I, I get it but gee, we, our anchor is not just a book our anchor is the person mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ and of course we find him in his word but it's a very slight nuance between how we can really because I, I know people that know the bible backwards and forwards and they don't know themselves at all That's right. and yes. you know what it's really it's it's clanging symbols one of the things we're going to talk about uh defense mechanisms at some point you know and we know that the 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 masks and the personas we wear are defense mechanisms but there's others that we want to touch. to and one of them is intellectualization you know you see people let's say and maybe you're one of them I know it in my head, but it's just not getting here. <coughs> and that's true for a lot of people Would say that. And one of the ways that that is the case is because we have learned to, you know, it, Christianity, <laughs> I'm afraid today, has been so reduced to the cerebral and head knowledge. And we're all deeply lacking. We're all, we're all in pain about it. What, we don't understand it, but it's affected all of us. And intellectual, I, I think probably the biggest thing that puts people in therapists' offices is, is, is the fact that they're out of touch with their feelings. Mm-hmm. And I, I find, you know, starting with the woman in the mirror, that was one of my, you know, big, um, one of the first things that woke me up. I'd say, when my feelings um, were overtaking me, uh, when the rage I felt one day was overtaking me. Now, as long as you keep trying to suppress your feelings. And you keep shoving them down. You've heard me say it's like hungry dogs behind a basement door. They're going to keep scratching and they're going to keep scratching. And now remember so, so your emotions remember, your, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So, your the anger I had and the rage I had, um, partly, mostly at God, um, when I finally faced that. Um, It was because, first of all, I had to get free of, I had to kind of be able to face the fact that I felt that way. That was, duh, number one. And then number two, that has to be integrated into your thinking process. Well, is that really true? And you've got to be able to have your mind jump. It's like the example we said a few weeks ago, the woman heard the noise in her other room in the other room, mm-hmm. and she immediately, her, her feelings told her, there's somebody in the other room coming to break in. Your feelings come first before your mind, mm-hmm. but then she said, no, 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 wait a minute. That's the <coughs> mop standing next to the washing machine. It's just the mop fill. But remember, you've got, it in your gut, you've got, you've got your feelings are here, your feelings are here. And you've got another brain down here. There's a lot of now neuroscience that's really exploding, and it's exploding the whole field of therapy and psychology because we're realizing that um, we're realizing that. And you you have an emotion before you have a thought. Mm-hmm. Think about an infant. Mm-hmm. Don't they have emotions before mm-hmm. they have a thought? Mm, right. They can't put a thought together before, but they certainly can love. They certainly have emotion. So you have, and one of the ways I, I think I mentioned uh, to you guys, I realized something was going on when I would stop sometimes and say, oh, who was it that I saw last week? And they said this to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. But I could feel the connection with the person. I remember it was somebody I really enjoyed talking to and I had a lot of respect for their opinion. And So I was getting that information before my mind could tell me who it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So remember... That wholeness and holiness is a lo- is a, all about integration of my mind, emotions, and will. Because sometimes your emotions are crazy, and your mind has to say, no, that's crazy. That's that's the mop hanging standing up against the washing machine," or there's some sort of distorted thought, or you have a distorted um, thought or distorted feeling. I mean, all of these things need to be working together. So if you don't feel your feelings, you know what's happening? They're getting bigger. And bigger and you're shoving it down and you're shoving it down which is what happened to me the day I had kind of my explosion and I wouldn't call it anger I would call it rage it was and and it almost knocked me over and and it puts people in you know a psychiatric ward sometimes because you have so uh, negated a voice that wants remember your emotions are messengers they don't always give you the correct message but they need to be heard and we're so used to just talking ourselves out of our emotions, intellectualizing things, and so that's why for so many of us we're so out of touch with our feelings. You know the explosions you're having when you think God is like, Whoa! God is doing this. I've been waiting for you to get here and recognize this. It. it doesn't put it off. It doesn't he's in pain that we're so of touch and not bringing it to him. You've got to go back and you've got to do some of the work we're doing here, which is find out, you know, um, where we picked up some of the lies uh, that we have now, don't even know we believe, but they've become a part of our belief system. And we don't even know they're there. That's why what's so important is when you're having an emotion, even if it's the point is, it's got information to give you. It's got information. It's, it's telling you something about the way you're, remember, um, your spirit connects you with God, your body connects you with the world, and your soul connects you to you. So it's, your, your emotion is, is telling you something about yourself. It's saying that you need to hear this. I mean, it's got to have its voice. And you don't give your emotions a voice. You heard me say, I'm sorry, I repeat things sometimes, but I don't know who's here or not here, so I repeat things, so if I've heard if you're bored, just, um, emotion has the word motion in it, and motion is, you, you feel an emotion, and then you have it, and you release it, and the motion is like, like it's like um, steam that just evaporates. But when you don't feel it, that's what happens when it's stuffed inside of you, and I am gonna bring that Hamkenot article um, where the father talks about the son. I told you about that. He goes to get a job, and the parents just sermonize him. Oh, honey, you, you know, well, there's jobs are a dime a dozen, or you know, just all the things we do to ourselves when our feelings. Are tr- like I was talking to somebody in my family, one of my kids, and we were just saying, the lechies we don't do sad really well. We don't do sad well. We do angry real good. <laughs> we do angry well. We don't do sad so good. We jump over the sad, go right to the anger because uh, I don't know how much is temperament. I don't know how much is nurturing in nature. You know, we can all talk about. Um, James, just I don't know. I'm not even sure with those tears if that's all sad either. We need to talk about that, James. I'm not even really sure that's all sad either. But um, is, this ta- um, is this making sense? I'm going somewhere, right? Um, Emotions are really, really important to hear. Or Every part of you is important to hear. And remember, the idea is integration. God wants to integrate my mind. And remember, I said, if your emotions are stunted or stuck, you can't think well. I mean, you know, you're around people sometimes, they just can't get their words out they're, you know, you, they're just kind of like not clear, and you want to say like five times, well, I'm not quite sure, I don't understand. That person probably is impacted emotionally, and they really have trouble with their mind, you know, putting, uh, cl- they have they have a lack of clarity in their thinking, because their emotions are impacted, and they're not hearing their emotions, they suppressed emotions. You don't, think about it, think about when you've heard something, that was a panicked you or upset you uh, and your emotions jumped in the way, how well could you think at the time? You just like you're spun. There's no way you can even you can't think. Um, so they would to be integrated. So somebody tell me what's uh, what's the, the first connection? What's the first connection?
1: Disconnected.
0: Sorry? Disconnect. Yeah Disconnected. first connection is no connection, right? Mm-hmm. Right no connection. Disconnection. <coughs> okay. What's the second connection? Bad, bad connection. <coughs> Talk to me about what a bad connection is. Yes. I feel
1: like you're connected, really? but it's a bad relationship. You're not really it's not functioning well.
0: Okay. It's not it functioning well. It's no. not real. You connected to a toxic person. Yes. Could be a toxic person. Okay. Could be that. Mm-hmm. Distortion. Sorry. There is distortion. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Inferior. Negative. How do you feel when you leave this person? How, what does this oh. person's relationship do to you? Right. Negative. Stop saying negative. So what else did we say could be another two connection and not a person? Now remember, that person could be not just a person presently in your life, it can be a voice that you hear the tapes in your voice that is a bad connection, remember? It, it's, right, it's right here in your notes. It's in Henry's book on the power of, of the other. It can be the the, the taskmaster. The punitive parent, the shaming parent. I, yeah, I want to be kind because you know I'm a parent, you know, and I have a kid coming into some light yeah, about his childhood, and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, huh? Oh, that's interesting. I thought I'd be nicer to the parents because I'm one of them in here, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's okay to say my parents did, you know. <laughs> yes. I, it's okay for me to point out all the things that they that they needed to see, yes. but it's now true. I'm in that role, and now I say, well, I could have yeah I, I think about it now, and I, I don't think I was the most nurturing mother when my kids were little.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, actually, I, I'm starting to realize that because one of the reasons I'm realizing that is because I didn't really love little kids, little babies and kids, till I had grandchildren. I had grandchildren, I just I mean, I can't let a baby walk past me without wanting to steal it. But when I was a younger woman, and I taught Sunday school, I said, don't give me anybody less than sixth grade.
1: <laughs>
0: that tells you something, doesn't it? I, wouldn't you love to be my, have me as your mother? Don't give me anybody less than, oh, younger than sixth grade.
2: So, well, I yeah. I just want to say, that yeah. so nailed me when I read the um, bad connection about that punitive voice, because I found, like, you don't even know. It's so automatic with the punitive voice, you're not even aware that it's a punitive voice anymore. You didn't mm-hmm. think you were laying facts. Yeah. I think I said something to you about the homework, and I said, oh, yeah, and that's what got me there, is that, you know, my voice is what got me into Corner too. And you said, oh, that's so punitive. You know, for you say. And I, I thought it was factual, uh, punitive. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was just, like, saying, well, that's the fact of it. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, that's how it is. But I thought, my God, I mean, talk about work that has to be done. You mm-hmm. are not even aware mm-hmm. of how much that voice right. is going on all yeah. the time, nonsense stop, and you're just accepting it as reality. That's right, that's right, and
0: that's you know one of the, how how many of you would say, I'm pretty aware that that some of that's going on for me a lot of the time? Yeah, I think most of us probably have, you know, I I have, I think every one of us need a new baptism in grace, Mm -hmm. because it's hitting me afresh, that parable in uh, Luke 13 that Henry tells all the time about the, the tree. When Jesus goes to the tree and there's no fruit, and remember, well, not Jesus, well, yeah, yes, Jesus later, but the man went to the tree first and said, said, there's no fruit in this tree. Cut it down. And guys, that's a legal response. Mm -hmm. And before you accept Christ and understand to live in grace, that is what the world lives in. It's a legal. You do that to me, I do that to you. I mean, it's a legal. It's no, but cut it down. I mean, it's and that's the punitive voice mm-hmm. that that many of us have in our heads. It's very legal. You deserve. You're not. You deserve this. Mm-hmm. Well, you you did this wrong. I mean, it's it's very very legal. I, I want us to start feeling on a feeling level what it feels like to have that. Legal. It could be a friend that's got that, you know, that spirit comes across with a a bad connection with somebody. And it's a very legal uh, spirit to you that, that, you know, the law brings death. Mm -hmm. Yes. The law brings death. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so that parable, the advocate walks in and says, hold on. Let's dig around a little bit and give it some of the nutrients it needs. Remember, we're relational. The whole world the whole world we live in is relational. Uh, there isn't anything that isn't relational. So you need, what does that mean? It, it, it means that a tree, it needs something from outside. It needs resources from outside, right? And then that nutrition, and that nutrition, it gets the sun, the food, and that strengthens it. Well that's what we need, Christianity is about, you need something from outside. Now the new age is all about, the new age is all about, you know, God in me, and and honestly at its root, everything is God, right? Everything's God, God's, they, they say it like, um, well God's in the rock, and God's in the tree. Now, now we believe God created it all, and we believe that it all glorifies God, but, Pantheism is, but there's no God outside you that you need to connect to and let in. Christianity is like, oh no, this is a a closed circuit by itself. You need outside resources for the rest forever and ever and ever. And the more mature you become in Christ, the more mature you become in Christ, the more you know how dependent how how much you need Christ and others. And you become more comfortable with your dependency. Thank you, Mary. I don't know. I get in this room. Something sets me off in this room. Too. I don't know what it is. You become more and more comfortable with your dependency. And so what we all need is a new revelation and pray for it in this place. Pray that God will give us a new revelation of the in walks the Advocate, who never shames you and never guilt you and never. I mean, he he's clear about he's clear. He he confronts us, he rebukes us, but he he never comes from a punitive, uh, legal. It's Linda. I, that's not going to serve you well, Linda. If you keep if you keep moving in that direction, that's. It's not going to work. That's not going to serve you well. I, I have a different way, but I have a—you know—I'd like you to hear my word, my way. But I'll be here when you're ready to hear. Yeah. But and and you know, what? I wish I knew all this too more when I was raising children. Because mm-hmm. listen, parents of young children—I mean—you just give them the facts. Oh, honey, you didn't get the dishes done, and it's eleven o'clock. We're just gonna—oh, honey. You're going to be so tired tomorrow because you're going to do the dishes now. Yeah. You see the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what is the other voice? Into the For God's sake, I ask you one little thing uh-huh. and you can't do it for me. And <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus never, That's not. that's not grace. Grace doesn't mean that you're backing down, doesn't mean that you're allowing this kind of you know, we all have this little fear. Watch it, to watch it. We don't want to get sloppy now. We don't want to lower our standards now. None of that is the truth. You can't you can't respond under law. You'll never respond under law. There'll be no good fruit in your life. It's grace that produces the fruit of the spirit is Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control, right? So, no connection, absolutely, or or a bad connection, or a bad connection. Now, what's the third one? Good, good connection. Ah, good connection. Somebody tell me what a good connection is. Pseudo. pseudo, pseudo. pseudo. Ah, it's a pseudo connection. Now yesterday, my little Madison was in the hospital <coughs> the day. she had an infection of skin, and oh. So I wanted to do something sweet for her. So I was making strawberry, chocolate strawberries. I, Joanne gave me these great chocolate chips. you got to try them, they're great, best chips. And I'm doing them, and I'm humming as I'm doing the strawberries. yesterday Sam, mm it. Anybody know
1: what that
0: is? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh. Who knows?
2: The Dick Van Dyke uh, Show. Nothing says loving like I Sorry. Nothing
0: says loving like oh my God. Bring this to my girls tomorrow. You guys that may not be here for that reason, it's okay. We just and I thought we were inundated with this. Yeah. Nothing spells loving like food, right? Oh. But this oh. is my second thought. My second thought was this. Take the strawberries. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, but this is another thought I had. You've been hearing me talk about the covenant, which is so crucial, so crucial that we understand. And you know, one of the things after we talked about they exchanged their coat, they exchanged their weaponry, they, they mix their blood they always have a covenant meal they 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 finish it and they they have a meal together and it's bread and wine usually and what does that remind you I mean, that's the covenant meal we have every week the Lord's table is reminding us of this covenant that we have with Christ but the thing that hit me about it was wow so when we are having a little issue with our eating. It's because eating is so powerful. Food and and, and meals together are so powerful. They're part of covenant. I mean, think about For me, one of the best things I like to do in my whole life is to go out to dinner with people that I, I can just sit and let our hair down with and we can just talk. To, to anybody else? Mm-hmm. I love going out to dinner with some close friends or and so, food really does have a place there, is what I'm saying, but the problem is, like everything else, right, it gets perverted, and the devil takes, because we're looking for intimacy, when, we're, when, when food, when and addictions coming out in our food, right, I mean, um, it's, it's coming out, it, that's how it's coming out, in that way, so, it, it's a good connection, but it's only a good t- connection temporarily, right, and the last one?
2: My issue. I, mean, what, I don't know why he calls it, does not call it true. true connection? True. A true
0: connection. Now, also, I also gave you in there, I also copied from the book what you should... Do you want to know how you're doing if you're in a corner, num, corner number one relationship? Look out for these symptoms. I'll just stop for a minute, you may have read it, but just quiet and listen, listen to it now. Increased stress lower energy levels, lower concentration and motivation, problems sleeping, lowered libido, increased fear and anxiety, increased levels of suspicion, distrust, resentment, loss of hope and purpose. Or you may have relational issues, not, not feeling as connected to others as you once did, even at home and in your personal life, more isolation, detachment from those you care most about, conflicts with those you're close to, shortness of temper, lack of patience, anger, or just not wanting to involve people around at all, loss of interest in relationship or being with people, disappointment with relationship itself and a feeling of just being cut off. Or performance area, not getting the result you need and feeling as if it all depends on you to do so. Not being able to get on top of it, procrastination, disorganization, lack of clarity about your goals, feeling bogged down by tasks someone else should be doing and diminished focus. Now, isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's important for us, it's important for us to really look at those and find ourselves in there because I told you last week, for me, it was a real bell ringer when I realized that a lot of the times I'm thinking, you know, a thousand other things, I I, I, I just need to pray more or I need to, you know, get the word more. And, or whatever we think it is, when underneath it all, the problem is I'm I'm lacking uh, n- number four connection somewhere. I need to stop and say, whoa, when was the last time I really sat down and talked to somebody? What's going on in me? Uh, what was the last time I can remember having a good <coughs> connection for? And Henry tells a story somewhere in one of his books about a man who um, was a very high-powered businessman, and um, he was very, he was very stressed and he was having panic attacks. And so he went to Henry to see Henry about it and said, you know, what are you here for? Because I have all this tension and all this stress. And he said, you know, I just um, you know, my job is just giving me all what do I do? My job just gives me all this tension and stress. And by the time they sat and talked, found out. That it wasn't his job giving him the tension and the stress. He was running to his job because he was tense and stressed. Mm-hmm. And his problem was he was very disconnected. Did you understand what I just said? Mm-hmm. So how many times are we all walking around saying, I'm just so stressed. I have so much to do. This is the problem. We're biting each other's heads off and, and in our homes. And the truth of the matter is it's deeper than, it, 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 it's deeper than, some of the times we're creating our lives to be that busy so that we don't have to think and we don't have to face what we're not looking to face. And if you hear here last week, you also heard me say, I'm just totally convinced that we all have amazing um, strategies to keep us, up, to keep truth out from ourselves. So we're just fighting it all. We're just not looking for the tr- Part of us that's just not really looking to let it in. Is it getting warmer here? Is it? Mean? Yeah, yeah. It's getting warmer in here, huh? We don't have Joe here. I don't have. Tabby, you know how to do that, babe? Okay, awesome, Tabby. Thank you. Okay. You know another thing. I just, I just, my eyes just fell me. Another thing about this number two bad connection. It can also look high expectations, perfectionism, Mm -hmm. a critical spirit, and this can come from somebody else and this can just be in your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are few ways, uh, these are just a few of the ways. So remember, a corner for uh, the real thing, in the simplest terms, a real connection is one in which you can be your whole self, the real authentic you, a relationship in which you can bring your heart, mind, soul, and passion Both parties to the relation are wholly present, they're known, they're understood, and mutually invested. Listen to Mm -hmm. me. You cannot have a corner four relationship without being vulnerable vulnerable to being hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you lose a relationship and it doesn't bother you, it was never never Mm -hmm. corner four. The cross is the... Talk about the vulnerability of our Savior on the cross. The ability he gave us to hurt him. Talk about the strength of being weak and being vulnerable. He is the picture. I hope in this year we get a new picture of the cross and, and, and Christ on the cross because I think we really uh, lack a lot of revelation about it. So remember, it's me bringing the real me to someone to another real person. Um, where can you go without your mask? Where can you go? and totally not edit anything that comes out of you. If there's somebody in your life that's supposed to be a close relationship and you don't feel they ever really, really take you into their confidence. they're not really, really sharing with you their deepest stuff, it's not corn and four. And uh, I've had relationships in my life where I thought, like, you know what, I'm tired of being the one putting it out, don't you? Don't you all feel like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I I don't mm-hmm. want I mean, it's gotta be reciprocal or it's not a corner four. And, and and we don't throw people off the boat. We just say, I want more of you. Because that's what we're really saying. I really want more of you. Because this is about growing. This is about yes. eternity. This is about, this is this is like not even just for this life, guys. I had somebody moaning and complaining to me, but at this age, I'm yes. fine. What the this the This don't work. We're eternal beings. Yes. This, the fact that you are on this road, mm-hmm. everybody in this room, mm-hmm. the fact that you're on this, do you know what a small percentage of people mm-hmm. will ever even touch any of this stuff in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I want you all to all say with me one word. Process. 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 God is a God who's into process. Yes. We're talking about developmental changes in our lives. They're not overnight. They take t- time. But this is also a symptom, Joe, of the kind of Christianity, I'm afraid, that we're imbibing that makes it, I'm just going to get it in my head. And if I have it in my head, I've got the facts and I've got the knowledge. Sure. Right. And it, we have so negated the psychological heart issue of Christianity mm-hmm. that the, frankly you know I mean I don't want to be down you know I, I take responsibility with all the rest of the preachers and teachers mm-hmm. but I hope I don't sound down on the church but guys it's far cry Yes, it's a far cry from the original Christianity it really really is Absolutely, it really is. It's it's become a lot about our our heads and what we understand. I mean, listen, you don't get saved just because you believe so many facts about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. This is this is kind of like, well, do you accept Jesus Christ that He was Mm -hmm. the Son of God Mm -hmm. and that He died for you on the cross? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, 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 yes. I believe it. But Mm -hmm. the Book of James says the devil believes all that. Mm -hmm. So it's not just intellectual understanding. It's it's. It's having your heart and your mind mm-hmm. that's had an. Ex- we don't want just yes. information. We want experience. Yes. Don't we want experience? Yes. yes. We need to be experiencing God yes. on very real levels of our life. And I don't mean like you know all the kind of woo woo. I mean experiencing God, experiencing His love, changing us, changing the way we are. Let me read you a little paragraph. <laughs> that's so cool. talk, we're talking about now symptoms of of isolation. We're going to get back to the three faces, I promise you. We're going to get back to the masks, yes. but I, I want to make sure we do a yes. a good overview of bonding and not bonding before we, we hit that. Um, so these are symptoms of an isolated person, and very often depression is a symptom. Now listen to this. Depression is a psychiatric disorder marked by sadness, inactivity, difficulty with thinking and concentration a significant increase or decrease in appetite, and time spent sleeping, feelings of dejection and hopelessness, and sometimes suicidal thoughts. Depression can in part be caused by a person trying to repress his or her feelings of sadness and anger, the two ingredients of the God-given protest against lack of love. Sadness and anger are a protest against a lack of love. In other words, sometimes you would think you have an anger problem, or you think you have a sad problem? What you have is a lack of bonding problem, and that your feelings of your feelings of anger and sadness are coming from the fact it's telling you it's the lights flashing on the dashboard saying connection, connection. The fuel, fuel's low, fuel's low. Listen, listen. Relationship is the fuel of life. It's why you do life. You can be the. Big, you can have the biggest name in show business, be the biggest successful, whatever. Then maybe that's what you do. But relationships is why you do it. All, all lack of. All lack of. Relationship. Sorry.
2: Marilyn Monroe is the perfect example.
0: Yeah, like below, we can go down the west, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We see them in the newspaper every day. Mm-hmm. Every day we're seeing them. Relationship is... But listen, you know what we have? It's called... the. The need-fear dilemma. You know what the need-fear dilemma is? Mm -hmm. The more I need it, the more I fear it. Mm -hmm. So the more you need it, the more you stay away from it. Mm -hmm. The need-fear dilemma. The needier you are, the more you're afraid of it. Okay, now we said those were symptoms. I finished. Depressed people lose interest in doing things and in being with people because simple social activity does not get to the root of the need. They feel so distant emotionally in social situations where others are more up. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they often withdraw from social activity and relationships which only furthers their isolation. So, a person in this condition needs to understand when the dash light, when the, when the, When the lights are going off in the dashboard, the issue is I need fuel. Mm -hmm. I'm low on fuel. I need to get. I need to make sure I've got some corner four relationships. And another one, a frequent feeling of. Well, I said we said depression. How about this one? I can relate to that. Not anybody else here. Feelings of meaninglessness. Another frequent symptom of failure to bond is a feeling of meaninglessness. People who are isolated emotionally feel that life has no meaning. Anybody else can relate to that? Because they often confuse the feeling of meaninglessness with not having purpose. They desperately try to find meaning in some activity or ministry, and these attempts, however, only push them further into isolation, and they're lacking the true meaning of life, which is love. Do you know how many churches are just filled with the good work the workers that are doing all the stuff? and they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And I, I, we laugh all the time because I always tell our, our staff that when I first got into this information and I said to Joe, don't get them too healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's care true. what their motivation it is, is don't, right. don't get them too healthy. Um, no, but you understand, yeah. right? Yes. Um, and then you get pushed further and further into isolation. Remember, isolation is health. What do they do to people in prison? What's the worst thing they can do to somebody in prison? Solitude. 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 Let's remember this. This is a. This is a very. This is a. a What's the word I'm looking for? It's not dynamic. It's very. this is flowing. Mm-hmm. You don't just kind of like a one point in your life, everybody here at one point is sometimes in, in a one. Do you know what I mean? The point is that's this. That's good to know. Huh? That, that's good to know. I this thought if you know, are yeah, out of it, you're always out of it then. Yeah, after, yeah. You know. no, this no, this no, is a flowing no, thing. No. I mean, we all have a tendency under certain conditions okay. to head for that corner. I mean, do, yeah. Does everybody yeah. here? Yeah. Certain things can set you yeah. off and everybody wants to run, shut the door, you don't want to talk to anybody. And you're tempted to go back to the corner one. Oh, yes. But some people may have a bigger thread. Okay. And, and remember, some of the reasons you wind up in one is because of past hurts mm-hmm. and injuries and the woundedness and things that you really need healing from. So it's not all about, it's certain. Well, th- this is this next one. Let's mm-hmm. look at this one. This might be some helpful for you a little bit too, Barbara. Feelings of badness and guilt. Now let's look at that, feelings of badness and guilt. <laughs> an isolated self is a bad self. In reality, isolated people who <laughs> fail to bond aren't bad, they just think they're bad. Mm. a alone self seems to be, listen to this, this is important. An alone self seems to be an unloved self and that translates bad self. Lonely people feel bad or guilty because they feel unloved. Their legalistic brain translates this feeling into something like this, I feel lonely, therefore I'm not loved. And if I'm not loved, it must be because I'm not lovable. I am bad or someone would love me.
1: I'm
0: bad or someone would love me, right? We derive our self-worth to a large extent from other people. This creates a problem for many people, many people because they feel as though they've done something wrong to cause their feelings of badness. So when you feel bad, and I can relate to this, what have I done? You see, do you understand why we need this information along with our spiritual life? Because you can try to pray this away. You can take the blood and ask for forgiveness for your badness and keep doing it over and over again and not be set free because that's not the issue like Lord wait a minute I'm asking to be forgiven how come I don't feel forgiven because the (coughs) Lord's saying because there's not sin here it's because this is a lie that you're believing because you feel unloved you feel an unloved person an unloved self is a bad self that's what it feels like that's what it feels like and God isn't saying, no, it isn't your sin. It's you need love. Love. I, you need my love. You need my love through my other children. You need my love through other vessels to get to your heart. Your heart is crying. It needs love. That's the fuel. That's the fuel. Addiction. An addiction is uh, a compulsive psychological need for something. In other words, something that someone needs to survive. People are usually addicted to a specific substance such as alcohol, cocaine, feed, or food, but people can also feel addicted to activities such as sex, gambling, work, destructive relationships, religiosity, achievement, materialism. These substances and activi- activities never really, activities never satisfy, however, because they don't deal with the real problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Turn to somebody and say, did you hear that?
1: Yes. This thing, overeating, <laughs> drugs,
0: alcohol, it doesn't deal with the real problem. <clears throat> you heard the girl in the movie last week, right? Yes. When her father said, she said, Well, it's you know, it's my drugs, and he said, Don't be ridiculous. Your drugs were just a medication. Mm-hmm. Right? You're eating. Right. I'll overeating. If it's really overeating, you wouldn't give me testimony? You told me this morning.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 You were finding some that change in you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I found that since we've been doing this work here and being in this environment with everybody coming in pretty much on an equal playing field. We're all needy, we're all looking for help. You don't feel isolated or alone in your problem. You feel like it's shared among other people mm-hmm. and everybody's sharing and, and uh, opening up and talking uh, freely. I am finding that my food addiction. Has not only minimized, it's gotten to the point where I don't even think about food at all. Wow. That that it's not even in my mind. And I'm shocked. And I was having a conversation one day with Dana about a stressful situation I was going through. And after I finished telling her about it, and she says, well, What did you eat? <laughs> and I said, Eat. And she says, Yeah, what did you eat and afterwards? I was like, I, I, I didn't. I didn't even think about it even in my mind Ooh. so even thinking about now like getting like I used to get up in a panic of oh no I gotta make it through the day and you know how am I gonna make it through the day because what am I gonna eat I mean, was negotiated about if I'm gonna make it through this perfect day without eating and it's not even in my mind and I thought this has got to come because I'm in a loving safe environment with other people who are sharing a journey together and it's literally Building that space in me that wow. was craving—that was what I was really craving for.
0: Right. Wow.
1: Okay. Amen.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: We have to let the bad out and the good in. Yes. And sometimes you have groups that are just talking about letting the bad out all the time, yes. and that's not the point. You know that, that what we want to do is let the bad out. Yeah. Yeah. We're letting the bad. But we gotta let the good in, because aren't we just tired of going through the same cycle over and mm-hmm. over again and yeah. having nothing change? Right. We're going to just have a talk one day just about, that. we are buying a bill of goods about willpower. Yes. Read Romans 7. Mm, yeah. Willpower is the power of the human right. will. The only thing the power of the human will does is what that thermostat is doing right there. there you go. You set it for where you want it, but it has no more power to do any more than set it. We need power from outside, and that's what makes Christianity different than everything else, all the the rest of the religions. I mean, there's, for the rest of our eternity, we are going to need God and need others. We need from outside of us to take in. And whenever, and and listen, that is part of our, that's part of the tree in the garden, because we all have it in it. I don't want to need other people. I don't, I want to be able to have all this in, in myself. And you'll never be able to do it. And the people that are defended against love, and the people that are defended against receiving, are the are the most unhappy people that you've built. I think need is a gift. I think the way we handle our need is maybe more what we're talking about, right? Okay. You know, how do I handle it? I'm finding myself needier and needier uh, as I get older, and more and more aware of how much I. Even God, I find myself saying, like I reali- I'm realizing that a lot of times if I ups- was upset about something, worrying, whatever, we're taught in the kind of Christianity that we're kind of swimming in. i got to do this, stand against just read this. I've got to quote the scripture. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, all of that may be, but you need the power of the spirit. And I'm finding lately, like God, you need, you need to do something. You need to change this. I'm, I'm waiting on you, but I mean a serious waiting on God. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, here I am. I'm listen. The most powerful thing you can do in the Christian life is surrender, mm-hmm. surrender and humility. Are the, Lord, I need you. Here I am. He, listen. He's the vine. We're the branches. It never changes. We need the life from the vine to to. Constantly, There's no such thing as too needy. But let's find out how that need is operating. Or you know when we get in trouble? We get in trouble when we say, I have a need, and you need to fill that need for me. And, you know, after all I did for you, you need to do that need. You need to fill that. We go to God. You know, God has got, you know, these, we're talking about people in here that understand that we want to bring people. When people come to us, we want to, we want to take them to God and us together. God being central. Christ being central in this. But when you say that, Lord, Lord, the channel you need to use is that person, you're in trouble. Because God says, "Nope, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it through whom I want." Isn't that wonderful freedom? It frees you from, it frees people from you, from you and you from people. And it's kind of like I, I need people, but I may not need. How do I put it? Oh Lord, give me the words because it's so important. I need people but I'm, I don't have my hands around anybody's throat and God may surprise me who he may use uh, one instance where I'm looking to him he's very often he's going to use people in my life but it may not be the person I think he's going to use. Yeah. There is a human tendency if I demand from you and I'm, I'm expecting something from you, you know what the human tendency is? Yeah. Just, yeah. just, yeah. just, just yeah. this is yeah. the yeah. human yeah. tendency, yeah. if you want to have no relationship, you know, good relationship, four relationships, can't do that, don't do that. But if, that our human instinct, if somebody is coming to us like this and demanding something from us, everything in us is like, whoop, 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 back up, back up. Because we're afraid of being controlled. You see, if Jesus is in the right place, when Jesus is flowing, we we'll don't control one another. We love one another, we can give and receive from one another, but we're not controlling one another. And one of the things that the, the New Testament is very, very clear about is we were saved to be free. And and I, while we this isn't inconsistent at all with what we're saying about point of four relationships because true point of four relationships have that kind of freedom. You know, we I, I care about your best interests. I'm not using you for my need. Right? That's it. When I found mm-hmm. when I, I'm telling you, I'm talking about Gigi having fun. Seeing yourself everywhere when I saw that rescuer, it was like, cover the book. They'll all know it's me. <laughs> I and mean, they just put my name on top of the whole stupid thing. <laughs> right? I mean it was just so I mean it, it's 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 wonderful that we we can see this because we want healthy, we want to have healthy relationships where people I'm free to give and I'm free to receive. Mm-hmm. So, see a lot of us here. I found with me I was very easy to give it was received, this receipt. How many of you can relate to that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's receiving, them, you know. And, and so, that, that hint is a, a point of more relationship, right? Yeah. I was gonna say something else, but I got totally derailed by my little uh, I don't know what I did over there, derailed um, Anybody else wanted to answer that? But it's great that you see yourself, because this is what we're doing. Yes. We need light because, yes. you know what? Did you hear that little story about the man who's, He's by the spotlight, in the street light, and he's busy looking. Another man says, what did you do? Well, what are you looking for?" He says, I lost my keys. And the man says, oh, well, let me help you. And he's looking, and he's looking, and he's looking. And then a little while later, he goes, well, where exactly did you lose your keys? He says, oh, oh, down over there. Like, well, what are you doing over here? Well, the light is down here. I mean, we're looking in the wrong place. We're looking in the wrong place. And then we're wondering why we're not getting, why we're stuck and not getting better. Because remember, God's after freedom. Yes. F- mothers, freedom with your ki- adult kids, freedom with your. Uh, I mean, you, you know, they get to a place that it, before you know it, they're older, they're on their own, they're adults, and uh, navigating healthy relationship with with adult children. Well, all of us mothers in here that have, we all know it's an it's 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 not a simple thing mm-hmm. how to be free with one another and you know they let you in where they want to let you in let's not get into that <laughs> <laughs> I, may, I, may, I, may, I may go from teaching to <laughs> really preaching here. Uh, you know what I mean you know what I mean you, you know they have to give you the you know the relationship that they're looking to have with you and there's a certain period of time where they have to they have to kind of do this to you listen the healthiest relationship, every, first, especially mothers with daughters, because this is this is what, <laughs> this is what uh, Leanne Payne taught me in one of her books. She said, a boy is easier to, to let go, to, to to move on, because he's been attached to mom, but she's not his role model anymore. When she becomes, when a child becomes an adolescent, young mothers, The father is the one who calls them out into the world. So they start to leave mama and go to daddy. The father calls them out into the world. You know, mama would be forever, let's get in a cave, it's such a hard world, I don't know what's going to happen to you, right? That's what mothers do, right? Dad's like, come on, you fell off the bike, get back on the bike, you know. So, but with a mother, with a girl, mom was her role model, so Cutting off from her see the guy can cut off from her easy because she's not his role model anymore, dad is. So right. he loves her, puts her in the right want to be put in the right place as, as mom, but she's not his role model. But the girl has a lot more trouble letting go of mom because she's been my role model and we and it's not easy thing always to navigate that kind of, you know, freedom that we need to give one another. Now, when there's not, there's, I think if you look at the households in America, there's just more households with no debt than I think than there is with with a mm-hmm. the Shouldn't the church step up there? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't the church step up there? I mean, it doesn't always have to be a, quote, father, but there should be men figures that can can come across and put an arm around a kid in church or put an arm around a kid in the neighborhood. They'll say the same. It's a male modeling, maleness, you know. Um, so I don't know where we have, where we got from now Was my addiction? I went from addiction to. Um, I just want to put this last one about addiction. One woman struggling with food addiction put it this way: I remember the first time I chose to call someone instead of eat. I could feel the strong pull toward the refrigerator, but I interpreted that as a pull toward love. So I called someone in the group, and after going over to her house and feeling some real affection, some warmth, I wasn't hungry anymore. Since that time, I've learned to do that more and more. I'm finding out that it's not really food I want at those times; it's love. So, this is your armor. I mean, you've really got something in your, you know, your, your weaponry now when you know that, you know. Um, okay, distorted thinking. Um, wow. Um, When you are in in emotional isolation, it says here, as people are shut off from others, their anger, their sadness, and their their depression begin to interfere with their thinking process. Didn't we say that before? Mm -hmm. Their circuits overload, and their thought processes become distorted. Paranoia, a mental disorder characterized by excessive and irrational suspicion and distrust of others, is one form of distorted thinking. You get people isolated alone, Louise. I remember that with mom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You get somebody isolated alone, and they get their thinking gets distorted. You know, they they say it's all dementia, but sometimes with older people, like you know, they think everybody's stealing their money, yes. and yes. you know, 'cause guy down the block is trying to look in their window. Some of that is not dementia. Some of that is just plain isolation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and lack of connection. Mm-hmm. So remember, paranoia is. Um, People's inner isolation becomes so great that they feel attacked by the pain and project it outward. They fear that others are trying to hurt them and can't be trusted. Therefore, they avoid other people and isolate themselves even more. Paranoid people don't get better on their own. You can't just tell them to change their thinking. This is an isolated assignment and isolation is the problem. Isolated people come up with all sorts of delusions and obsessions to explain their internal pain. They have to make sense of their pain somehow, and the only way they have is to imagine that the world must really be the way that they feel inside. They figure they're feeling it inside. It must be true. When that internal world begins to change, their perception of the outside world begins to change also. Hurt also interferes with clear thinking. We said that before. Uh, really, really, I have a list somewhere. We didn't hand out the distorted thinking. I want to spend one day together just talking about the distortions of thinking. they—it they, was another revolutionary thing um, to me when I started to realize, for instance, you know, certain it's a whole list of of, of way we can think distorted. For instance, I find, and I still have to fight it sometimes. Have you ever been on the road and you know somebody cuts you off or does something and you just it's over the line how annoyed you got about it. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the ways that you can have distorted thinking is you personalize everything. It's almost as if you think, huh? he purposely, he knew I would. I mean, you have it's to go, whoa, go away. It doesn't play really work. He doesn't even know you're in They He not know you in the car. right? That's I mean, so personalization much. is one of the things. You know, mm-hmm. you're in the store. Somebody doesn't treat you right. You personalize it. And, what did she talk to? Who does she talk to me like? Listen, she talked to 10 other people like you, like that, before you got there. Uh, just one of the many, many ways we're distorted in our thinking. So what's the answer to distorted thinking? Mm-hmm. connections the answer to distorted thinking and we just think I'm just going to quote scripture and I'm going to say it over and over again and that's good sometimes we have, to, we have to speak the word but sometimes we just have to say wait a minute go to somebody and say go to God and say first of all let God Lord I need light here or, and then go to some, somebody a, a corner four connection and say does this sound right to you because I'm really ready to take her head off you know whoa let's sit down and talk about it I mean seriously Seriously, we do get distorted, guys. That's why we need each other. Each other desperately. People who are disconnected from God and others feel very empty. Emptiness is one of the most painful emotions a human person can feel. Empty people can't feel their own need for love and they can't feel others' love for them. Although some people feel that someone else is going to fill them up, this is impossible. Someone, in the wrong way, he's talking about here, someone can love them perfectly, but unless they feel the need for love, and respond to this love, they'll still feel empty. Do you understand what he's saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, you need it. Mm-hmm. But if you can't process it and you can't let it in, it's not doing you any good, even though they may really love you. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the only one that feel the need for love and respond to others' love. Okay. Empty. People who are disconnected from God and others feel very empty. Emptiness is one of the most painful emotions. I said that. Empty people can Oh, I'm just repeating it. I must have typed it twice. Okay. Okay. Let me go past that. Okay. okay. Sadness. A lack of bonding not only results in a lack of joy, but produces a feeling of deep sadness. Joy comes through connection and relationship to God. Fear of intimacy. People who have never had close relationships with other people will fear intimacy and avoid closeness with others. I'm going to read the rest because I'm... Feelings of unreality. Some people get so detached that they literally feel disconnected from the world around them. They can see and hear others and their environment, but they can't feel them. Therefore, the world and the people seem unreal, because God has created a relational world. People can know their true selves only in relationship. Uh, This thing about, I'm going to go off and I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to uh, find myself. Really? Not going to happen. You need to find yourself in the eyes of other people. In God's eyes and in the eyes of other people. We find out who we are through relationships. That's how a child, that's how we're made, that's how we were created, that's how a child finds out who they are. It's by their parents' parents' love and their parents' um, eyes. Um, If people haven't bonded to other people or to God, they can't experience what is true. This gives them a feeling that things are false or unreal. They ask themselves, am I really here? And they answer by sometimes cutting or pinching themselves to confirm that they really are alive. Feelings of unreality are very common, but if one doesn't understand them, they can be very scary. It's frightening to live in an unreal existence. Last last few, panic. Panic is a sudden overpowering fright. Many panic attacks have a lack of bonding at the root. When people get close to their utter isolation, they panic. It is the most terrifying experience known to humans. Now look at the condition we're in. We fear isolation more than anything else in the world. What What is the biggest fear man has? Hell to be absolutely left alone and have absolutely be totally have no. Isn't that Isn't that the ultimate fear? To be absolutely left alone. Mm-hmm. It is our greatest fear. Is isolation. Isn't that funny? We go to isolation, but it's also our greatest fear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think we need changes that heal? Yeah, I think we need changes that heal. Rage, rage or fury or fury, uncontrolled anger is often a symptom of isolation. As we grow older, most of us hide this rage. They mean from a child, you're getting older. You hide the rage and it comes out in other more socially acceptable ways such as cynicism, bodily illness, anger. A natural protest against isolation is there nevertheless. Anger is often, healthy anger is a protection against something. Don't you dare touch my child! Don't you dare come near my child! Anger—the anger is a is a God-given emotion. God gets angry. Anger is a good thing when it's healthy and it's in its place. When it's not in its place, but sometimes anger that you don't know where it, you don't know what the issue is, sometimes at the root of that anger is
1: isolation.
0: Is isolation. You're, there's a natural protest within you protesting the isolation. Imagine. The anger's actually telling you that it's protesting, the fact that you're isolated. Excessive caretaking. The only way some people can feel close to others is to take care of them. We don't think of a caretaker as someone who's always putting other people's needs first, as someone who needs to be taken care of, but caretakers seem so strong. However, underneath many a caretaker's mask is a desperate need to uh, responsibility. One can only feel full when he or she brings the real self into a relationship. Part of the real self is the needy self. That is part of who you are, needy. You gotta bring that to someone. If we're always giving and never receiving, we're denying part of who we truly are. So excessive caretaking may be a symptom of of an inability to bond with others. Now there are times in our lives we we need to care and, and, and care for others, but we're talking about a thread to a life of somebody who always has to be the giver and not the receiver. You've heard me say this before. They have to surround themselves with people that they can't, they, they don't want to receive, so they want to make sure they're surrounded by people that they have to give to all the time, but they're not comfortable receiving from anybody else. So that, that's a definite light on the flashboard. Barriers to bonding, past, past um, injury. Because of our needs not met, we're neglected, abandoned, beaten, abused, criticized, hated, or resented then our ability to trust and be vulnerable is injured. And our ability to bond is based on our ability to be vulnerable and needy. So we're in trouble if this ability is damaged. It's our key to life. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is our key to life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now distorted thinking. Now hold on, I've got a list of distorted thinking, and I want you to listen to this list. Some of our convictions about the world are like outdated maps. Our view of ourselves. Listen to some of the distorted thinkings about myself. I'm bad. I'm unlovable. Something about me scares people away. I don't deserve love. My neediness will overwhelm anyone. My need for others is not valid. My feelings will overwhelm, i said that already. My feelings will overwhelm anyone. Our view of others. Distorted thinking, no one's trustworthy. People will always leave me. People are mean and critical. People will disapprove of me. People will control me. People are faking their care. Our view of God. He really doesn't love me. God doesn't care about the way I feel. He just wants me to be good. He just wants good Christians. He gets angry at me. He doesn't hear me. He doesn't answer prayer. He will control me and take away my freedom. And he won't won't forgive me. Okay, I I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to start closing up because we've got, I've got a whole series of, now, defense mechanisms. Now, defense mechanisms, one of the ways we defend ourselves is the rescuer, the victim, and controller. But we've got another list of denial is one way uh, to, you don't have to go, I'm not going to go into them now, we'll pick them up another time, but I'm just going to throw them out to you. Um, Denial, devaluation, we have to devalue the thing because we can't receive it. To, just to keep it away from us, we'll devalue it. He doesn't really love me anyway. Projection. Attributing one's ideas or feelings or attitudes to other people. It's very often, there's somebody you just feel like, you know, you instantly dislike somebody you work with, something, chances are there's something in that person that you're rejecting in yourself. For instance, if you're a very, you know, you were raised in a home, very mild-mannered people, you know, if you get around somebody that's aggressive, that is like, you'll project, you won't let those aggressive feelings come up in you. So, you just project onto that other person uh, your own hatred for, for aggressiveness. So sometimes you're just not dealing with the other person at all, you're dealing with what you're putting on that other person, right? Reaction formation. It, it's, it, people express a feeling or a trait that's the exact opposite of feeling or impulse that they are, that they're suppressing. In other words, they do the, uh, for example, a person who's feeling lonely may try to become overly independent. You know, what you, whatever you're feeling, and you're not in touch with it, you try so hard to do the exact opposite. And you kid yourself thinking that you're not hearing the feeling, you're not in touch with the feeling, but you're acting out the exact opposite. And so you're thinking, I'm, I'm cool. Look, look how, look how cool I am. I'm, I'm, I'm this. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to stop here. Make sure I, I put my line here and stop here. You know what, guys? Um, I, I hope you're, you, you're, pre, you know, getting something out of this because we could stay in this material. We could stay in this material. I, I've got so much stuff that it, it isn't just to fill our heads with. It's to really help us identify. Anybody feel like some of the stuff that you heard today, you said it was a little bit of light for you to find no. some light. Yes. in yes. yes. Wow, I Amen. have no idea yes. That's but Listen, we're going to talk about boundaries. We're going to talk about resolving good and bad. Big issue. You don't even realize how much it's affecting you. Mm-hmm. And also the whole idea of auto- autonomy and <coughs> authority. Uh, but nothing is more important than bonding. This is the foundation for everything in our lives. Do you feel like these last few weeks you're getting an improved and a bigger Mm -hmm. understanding of how important this is? Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, Mm -hmm. this is, Mm -hmm. we've got, and and you know what? You just take this language and then go to the Bible. And the Bible says it all. It just says it in the body of Christ. Can the eye say to the ear? It doesn't need it. Can the hand say to the foot? I have no need. It's all Bible language. But it's 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 Bible in in the it's from the heart. It's it's describing where we live and it's describing it from the emotional level. Because we just do not realize the covenant that we are under. We just don't realize how at, there'll never be a moment in all of eternity when you'll be more safe, more accepted, more secure, or more loved than you are right now. Grace is just to get it all out of the way so that we can start wow. getting recovered. And he's, oh, j- you know, that has stuck with me. I hope it does with some of you, but uh, it's been I've been saying it so much the last few weeks, it's getting in my psyche. Yeah. In comes the advocate. Mm-hmm. Say it to yourself. Yes. Uh, do it a few times during yes. the day. When you start feeling the pressure of whatever, you know, whatever the struggle you may be in, say, in walks the advocate. Think about, Think about the fact that we could think, sometimes we're, we're deluded enough to think that we could think of a God that's better than he really is. <laughs> think about what you would, would the, the, if you want to imagine the best God in the whole world, the most, I mean the most loving, what would he look like? What would he be like? You haven't even begun to touch him. You can't possibly imagine how big he, we can't possibly imagine what, what his love, Someday we're going to look into his eyes, and, and we have no idea, he is love itself, and we have no idea, we have no idea the grace that we sent up today, brothers and sisters. You are so loved, you are so accepted, God is so for you, that covenant is his, he swears to you. What more can he do? He shed his blood to say, I am so for you. He, he is so interested in us. Tara, having a successful life, that means love, joy, peace. It doesn't mean no problems. It doesn't mean no problems at all. But it means that, you know, watch when he always said, when you're having problems, he said, it's not that God removes the boulders from the river, but he raises the water. And you find... You know, when you described it a little bit, and I'm finding lately in my later years that somehow or other, even when the boulders are there, because I can say the last seven years of my life have been some some of the toughest years of my whole life. Yeah. And what I'm finding is, no, they were boulders. And they're tough, tough stuff. But I find the water level raising. Mm-hmm. I find the grace raising. I find uh, more of a more security <coughs> in God than I ever expect the water to, i mean the problems don't go away but we want victory in this but we want to have the joy and peace i'm supposed to have in the problem right mm-hmm. i mean the bottom line guys that i'm getting and i think it's he really wants to be trusted mm-hmm. he really wants to be trusted and that damn fall we don't tr- we don't in our flesh we don't trust him at all how do you get to trust god how do you have a switch that you say Okay, turn the switch. Now I trust God. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the, think about the, the commands or, from the Bible <coughs> that you can't do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Surrender. Think about how many of these things—they're not here. They're not a switch that you pull and just say, "Oh, okay, right now I'll just believe." How do you do those things? when you surrender to him he by his spirit subdues your flesh and he works it in you and actually produces it in you in you 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 surrender in humility you give yourself to him that's what we do and we do it in all absolute honesty. And, and like sometimes I'll say to God, Lord, I really want to forgive her. Now you hear that voice in there, Lord? I don't know where that voice is, if it's inside of me or outside of me, but I say no to it. That's what I choose. I want this. I want to agree with your word. Because sometimes you get alternative, right? You get other voices and other things that say, yeah, really, you want that. I say, Lord, did you hear her? Did you hear? I don't know where that came from. But overrule that. That has been more helpful for me in my life. Don't try to work it. Ignore the voice or beat up the voice or try to slam it with scriptures or, Lord, I don't know where that voice comes from, but you, Lord, you're my deliverer. You need to deliver me. And I'm waiting on you to bring deliverance in this area. We are trying with our willpower to do things that only God God, it, what does Isaiah 66 say? The things that God will do for the one that waits for him. Right. God, did you hear that? I need you to come in and save me from that. And I'm waiting on you. And I know you're doing it. And I thank you in advance. doing And Lord, I want to tell you, I'm not going to do one thing about it. I take the cross and all that you did. That's what I claim. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Lord, it's your job <coughs> by your spirit mm-hmm. to make that. Do
1: you see the
0: difference? It's a whole world difference. Father, we're just like little kindergartners peering through uh, a window. But Lord, we're so grateful because you said narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be on that road. Yes, broad, broad is the road that leads to destruction and many there are on it. So Father, we're just grateful that somehow by your grace you got us here. You you raised up a Henry and a John and and these other brothers and the resources that we're looking at and we Lord we, we're aware that beyond those voices is your voice speaking again. Where are you? Where are you, Linda? Where where are you, Nancy? Where are you, Karen? I just I want you to know how for you I am. And I want, I want you to, I want you to know how available I am to you. There isn't a time that you'll come to me that I'll ever be tired of you. I'll ever be too busy for you. My heart is always open. But draw near to me and seek me and because I'm waiting for you. I love you. I know you. I created you. I made you. I have joy in you. And I want you to know that joy on a deeper level than you know it now. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me that I might do in you, which you cannot do yourself. Lord, help us this week. Help us not to be afraid to ask the questions of other people for fear of the answer, because we all feel like that. Will you raise the water and raise the grace? And Lord, help us, even if people come to us, that we'll be able to be grace-filled people to be able to answer that to each other. But Lord, thank you that none of this is to shame us or to guilt us, but to draw us closer to you and to one another, and to bring the parts of myself that are at war, to bring them together and, and integrate my mind and my will and my emotions that I might really, Lord, know the fruit of your spirit. So, Lord, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for what you're doing. And, Lord, we just want to let you know again that as this, as you continue to do your work, we commit to you right now. We're going to give you all the glory for it, Lord. Father, we ask this in the precious name of Jesus, our advocate.